After years of struggling to get pregnant, she had finally become a mom to a sweet baby boy. He was the most precious thing in her life. He filled her with so much joy and happiness. Losing him would be her worst nightmare. But after her son had spent the week with his father, her nightmare would come true. The father and son never showed up for the scheduled meeting. What had happened and where did the two go? Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie and this is A Wicked World. The story I have for you today is about a little boy who is stuck in the middle of a nasty custody battle. And he was the one who ended up paying the price in the end. This is the story of Peaky Andresian. Aramaz Andresian Jr., nicknamed Peaky, was born on February 19th, 2012, in Baldwin Park, California. His parents were Arismad Andresian Sr. and Anna Estevez. Peaky was an only child. He was said to be an old soul, and he seemed to attract all kinds of people and animals to him. His mother said he was just a ray of sunshine, bringing happiness everywhere that he went. Peaky also loved exploring nature and planting gardens. Anna had to fight hard to become a mother. Peaky was her miracle baby. She had undergone numerous rounds of in vitro fertilization, spending thousands. She had also experienced five miscarriages before finally conceiving Peaky. So needless to say, Peaky was everything to her. She loved that little boy so much. He was her best friend. So at some point before Peaky's fifth birthday, his parents ended up getting a divorce. And it was a nasty divorce. And that came along with an even nastier custody battle. The court ended up ordering that the two have joint custody of Peaky. Under the terms of their visitation agreement, the couple was supposed to meet on neutral territory to exchange Peaky. They would usually meet at the police station or some park that was nearby. During their divorce case, the couple had been treating accusations. Armaz alleged that Anna had spanked their son, used profanity, and had talked of taking the boy to Cuba. Aramaz said that he was concerned that Anna's father practiced the religion of Santeria and once sacrificed a rooster in front of the child. I mean, that that's a little concerning. The kid's only five and he sacrificed a rooster in front of him? I'm concerned if that's true. Anna said that her husband had falsely given a statement that he was the boy's primary caregiver during the day when she said that it was always her mother and father that watched him while she was working. Anna also said that Peaky's father had a gambling problem, along with an addiction to prescription pills. She said that prior to their divorce, he had told her that if anything had ever happened between the two of them, that he was going to take Peaky to either Iran or Armenia. So needless to say, she didn't trust her ex-husband. I wouldn't either. So one of the things that she did to protect herself and her son was install a dashboard camera in her car so that she could have a record of every exchange of Peaky between her and her ex-husband. 
On April 15th, 2017, Armaz was to be picking up Peaky and spending the week with him. He was even going to be taking the little boy to Disneyland. And if you look at the dash cam footage from that day, you'll see that Armaz was fidgety and he looked nervous, like something was off with him. Anna seemed fine, as well as Peaky, but him? Take a look. Anna was so concerned about Peaky's father's behavior that she decided to record all of their exchanges on camera. What's unusual to us is you see when she's hugging Peaky and saying her goodbyes to him, Ara's pacing in the background. Seems fidgety and nervous and just weird the way he's acting. And you see the affection they have for each other and then look at him in the background. At this point, Peaky's whispering in her ear and talking to her. He gives her a kiss. You'll see him caress her hair. He whispered to her, I don't want to go with him. I want to stay with you. So after a week went by, on April 22nd at 8 a.m., the couple was supposed to meet to exchange Peaky back to his mother. Anna arrived at the intended meeting spot, anxious to see Peaky. It had been a whole week and she missed him dearly. However, she ended up waiting for hours. And Peaky and Armaz never showed up. And Armaz hadn't contacted her either. She was extremely worried. She already didn't trust her ex-husband. And now she had no idea and no way of knowing where him and her son were. That same day, just a few miles away in a South Pasadena park, investigators were working on a somewhat bizarre case. Somebody had called in and reported a car that was just sitting in the park with all its doors open, and there was a man lying some feet away from it, face down, possibly unconscious. When the officers got to the scene, they soon realized that that man was Armaz Andresian. Armaz was lying semi-conscious about 30 to 35 feet away from his BMW in the middle of a parking lot at Arroyo Park in South Pasadena. He was also somewhat delusional. His hands were scratched and his fingernails were filled with dirt. Armaz was sent to the hospital, but Peaky was nowhere to be found. And Armaz wasn't saying much as he was under the heavy influence of prescription drugs at the time. When Armaz was brought to the hospital, it was discovered that he had a small abrasion on his head, along with scratching on his arms, hands, and he had complained of bruising to his ribs. The hospital was unsure of where or who had inflicted these injuries on him, however. Armaz had been under the influence of opiates as well as other prescription medication. Detectives had been searching the car that was found near Armaz's body, the BMW. And in it, they had found a prescription bottle that did not belong to him. On top of that, a gas can and matches were found inside the car. And the interior of the car had been completely doused in gasoline. And there was a rag stuffed into the gas tank. Armaz made a statement to detectives on April 28th, saying that on the morning of the 22nd, him and Peaky had gone to the scheduled meeting spot to meet with his mother for the exchange. Armaz said that he then took the pills for one reason or another, and the next thing he remembered was waking up in the hospital. A good Samaritan had found him on the ground, and Peaky had been nowhere in sight then. Armaz said that he had no idea where Peaky had gone, as he had been with him right before he had passed out. 
He told police that he believed he might have been attacked that day at the park. While Armas was speaking with police, he not once asked them if they had yet located his son. Instead, he tried to shift the focus to his ex-wife, saying that most likely she had something to do with Peaky's disappearance. Armaz told police that he felt like he had been set up by Anna and that she had been following him recently and he was scared. Uh-huh. He told them about how terrible the divorce was and started to say that maybe Anna had had him followed that day and that person that she had follow him was the one that attacked him. The police decided to hold Armaz at that time on suspicion of child endangerment. He, however, was released only three days later as police didn't have enough evidence to keep him in custody. Regardless of this, Armaz remained the main suspect for police because after his first statement, he stopped speaking with police and hired an attorney. You know, the stuff that innocent people do when their child goes missing. He also did not have much involvement in searching for Peaky. When Armaz was being booked into jail, he even made an odd comment to the booking officer saying, I bet they think of me as some kind of Casey Anthony by now, and I bet I'm all over the news already. Why anyone would ever want to compare themselves to Casey Anthony? At this point, a massive search had been launched for Peaky Andresian. In their extensive search for the missing boy, authorities had gotten a drone, cadaver dogs, hundreds of volunteers, and search and rescue personnel. The last place that Peaky had been seen was on camera exiting the Disneyland park with his father around 1 a.m. on the 21st of April. The two had visited the park on the 20th of April. So even though it looks suspicious that Armaz might be involved with the disappearance of his son, he also had no criminal record whatsoever like, not even a speeding ticket. Police were not buying Armaz's story of the pills knocking him unconscious and him not remembering anything thereafter. It sounded like a cover. They believed that he knew where Peaky was. There was nobody that could verify that they had seen Armaz or Peaky on April 22nd at Arroyo Park. But with their lack of evidence, detectives could not arrest him. So they spent the next two months building the case around Armaz and trying to prove his guilt. They were watching him and talking to people that he knew. So while Peaky's mom was out every day and every night trying to find her son, you know what Armaz was busy doing? Oh, you'll never guess. He was partying it up in Las Vegas. And not just once, like for a bachelor party or something. Multiple times, he went back and forth from L.A. to Las Vegas during those two months to party. So clearly, finding Peaky was not his priority. While Armaz was in Las Vegas, he not only went skydiving, he went to watch a boxing match, hired street workers, used a good amount of drugs, and changed his appearance. Welcome to Skydive Las Vegas. How you doing? Awesome, awesome. Obviously, you're feeling extra stupid today. Yeah, no, no. So I'm going to throw you out of a plane because of that. All right, man, this is your last chance to back out. No, 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 no. I love you, buddy. That's what he referred to Peaky as. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. 
a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. And he jumps out of the plane. This only made police more suspicious. What kind of dad goes and parties while their son's missing? How can you be having fun while your kid is in an unknown location? The police soon found out that Armaz's cell phone records showed that he had shut off his cell phone entirely right before the trip to Disneyland that he had taken with his son. That means there was no pings all day there was no location that they could track him to. He was hiding where he had been. So along with the prescription bottles and the gas cans that authorities had found in the BMW, they also found two large knives, a child's sweatshirt with some white film on it that appeared to be vomit, and Peaky's ultrasound picture directly on the front dashboard under the radio. After looking at Armaz's computer, they found even more damning evidence. They saw that within the last couple weeks, he had not only created a will on his computer, but he had also been searching for heavily wooded areas within a two hours drive of the Los Angeles area. So detectives had all this circumstantial evidence, but they had no DNA evidence and they still had no idea where Peaky was. Search teams scoured 30 miles of terrain, as well as nearby Lake Kachuma. Police gathered multiple surveillance images recorded in the lake area, and they were troubled by what they saw, or in this case, what they didn't see, which was Peaky. But they did catch Armaz there, alone. Investigators at this point were certain that Peaky was dead. They had developed a timeline, believing that Armaz had left Disneyland at 1 a.m. with Peaky, and it had taken him approximately five hours to drive to the Lake Kachuma area. He'd only been searching within two hours, but I guess, you know, he had to expand it. There wasn't enough wooded areas within two hours, or I don't know. That's where detectives believe that he murdered Peaky and disposed of him. Around 8 a.m. the following morning, Armaz again appears on security footage by the lake alone. From there, he drove to South Pasadena, where police would find him laying on the ground at 6 a.m. It looked like he was going to light the car on fire after he had gotten rid of Peaky. It also seemed to detectives that he was going to get rid of himself, so to speak, afterwards. Personally, I think he just made it look that way so he could be like, oh, poor me, not, oh, I'm an evil, terrible person that just did it to my son and then went and lived it up in Las Vegas after. But that's just me. They say that he took too many prescription pills and ended up passing out before he was able to light his car on fire. So on June 23rd, two months after little Peaky Andresian had gone missing, police arrested his father. In Las Vegas, nonetheless... They brought him in on a no-body murder charge. 
At the time of his arrest, he was hostile and belligerent towards officers. He was found to again be on prescription medication. No surprise. He also said something along the lines of, oh, you guys spent $7 million trying to find him and you still couldn't do it? Nice. Police noticed that Armas had also bleached his hair, along with recently applied for a passport, like he had somewhere to be. Five-year-old Peaky, however, was still yet to be found. When Armas was being held in the Las Vegas jail, police again tried to interview him to see if they could get any information as to his son's whereabouts. They were unsuccessful again. They were searching the lake where they had seen Armas on surveillance, but they were yet to find anything. So detectives went to Anna to tell her the truth. They did not want her to have a false hope of Peaky being found alive. The way Armas was acting, they were pretty certain that Peaky was dead. The news was extremely difficult for Anna to hear, but that did not make her give up on looking for her son and hoping that he might still be found alive. So they had their suspect behind bars, but police were unsure of how they were gonna get the information out of him to find Peaky. They had been looking everywhere and had nothing. The only person that was gonna be able to help them at this point most likely was Armas, and he wasn't speaking. So what were they gonna do? But completely unexpectedly on June 30th, Armas told police that he wanted to speak with them about the case. He said he wanted to let them know where his son was and what had happened that night. He confessed everything to them and without a plea deal or anything. Armas told police what had happened to Peaky. I want to tell you exactly what happened. And I was begging for mercy. I've done enough damage. I looked at him. I took off my necklace, the one of my father, and cross. I put on him. I put the, I put the jacket over his head. He kept on struggling. I just remembered and I kept on saying, buddy, please don't struggle. I just said, buddy, please don't struggle. And, 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 and he kept on struggling. And he, and he was such a brave boy. He had to cover his arms because he just hurt me. And I, it was a moment where I wanted to stop. And just when I stopped, I'm like, what the f am I done? I got back in the car. I was completely empty. Armaz had figured out a way to hurt Anna more than anything else could ever hurt her. Finally, he told the detectives where they could find Peaky. Peaky's body was found at Vista Point, which is an observation point for the Bradbury Dam at Kachuma Lake. It's a very mountainous area, thick with trees. When they found Peaky, he hadn't even been buried. He was laid out propped up against a tree with some shrubbery on top of him. Armaz had changed him into his pajamas and rested him there against the tree. He told detectives that he thought it was a more honorable way to leave his son's body than to bury it. Authorities believe that Armaz only pleaded guilty because he knew that if the case went to trial, everybody would find out about all the horrible details. So he wanted to avoid that. Selfish all the way through. His pride and self-image was more important than his son was. He also did not like to be seen in the vest that he was in in court. He told his attorney 
that it was demeaning and that he hated it and to please do anything he could to get him out of it. Poor baby. But if Armaz Andresian thought that pleading guilty would save him from humiliation, he was wrong. On his day of sentencing, on August 23rd, 2017, Peaky's family flooded the courtroom with raw, heart-crushing emotion. Anna said in court, For Armaz Andresian Sr., I pity you. You are a failure as a father. You are a failure as a man. And you are a failure as a human being. I hope you relive the image of you murdering my baby every day for the rest of your insignificant life. And when you die, may your dark soul burn in the eternal flames of hell, where I have no doubt that justice will be served on you both in this life and the next. Armaz wanted to make a statement before his sentencing, but then right before he spoke, he changed his mind. His attorney said that he couldn't think of a situation that he knew of or had been in in his 20 years where a plea of guilty to first degree murder happened so quickly, which is absurd because he was clearly in Vegas for months, not saying where his son was. So what are you talking about? Armaz Andresian was sentenced to a term of 25 years to life in prison for first degree murder. He will, however, be considered for parole after 25 years. He received the maximum sentence for a non-death penalty first-degree murder case. There wasn't enough evidence to prove the special circumstance that would have subjected him to the death penalty. The DA said if they could have pushed for it, they absolutely would have in this case. Ana Estevez was rightfully angry at Child Protective Services. She had fought so hard for sole custody of her child. She feared that her husband had some kind of ill intentions. That's why she had even installed the dash camera in her car. But in the end, her fight for full custody was denied and Peaky was put in danger. She said that Child Protective Services is partially responsible for Peaky's death. It seems clear that Armaz's hate for his ex-wife Anna was so strong that he was willing to do anything for it, sacrificing his son as well as his own freedom in the end. Funeral services were held on July 18th, 2017 at the Holy Family Church in South Pasadena for Armaz Piki Andresian Jr., who never made it past the age of five. A private burial was held after. Nine months after Piki's death, a bench was dedicated to him at South Pasadena's Garfield Park. The bench overlooks the play area that Anna says was Peaky's favorite. A marker on the front of the bench reads, in loving memory of Peaky, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Well, thank you for listening to all of Peaky's story today. I will never understand how anyone could ever get that mad at somebody that they're willing to hurt an innocent person, especially a child. So I think the part about the case that makes me extra angry is that this poor woman tried so hard for years to have a baby and she finally did. And then this bastard took him away from her. It, it boils my blood. Peaky was nothing but a pawn in his father's game to get back at his mother. It's sick and it's twisted. And I hope that he spends the rest of his life in prison. He better not get parole. 
So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, don't forget to hit that subscribe button below and give this video a like if you feel like it. Thanks for watching A Wicked World. Until next time, take care. Bye guys.